Welcome to Ahad Exit. I'm Aram Chavez here with Michael Zayas. We are talking about the lifestyle and the pains of being an entrepreneur. This is Michael Zayas bringing you Ahad Exit here with the founder and chief maestro, Senor Chavez. Oh, thank you, Michael. This is Aram Chavez. And as Michael said, we are with Ahad Exit, your startup platform, your guide, your gurus, your, your, um, your instructors. And, uh, so anyways, let's start that over again. Go ahead. Try it again. This is Michael Zayas bringing you aha to exit with senior Chavez. Why don't you give a little background on yourself? Thank you, Michael. Uh, my name is Aram Chavez and I'm an investor. I'm an entrepreneur and I am a teacher. And so what qualifies us, I think I can speak for both of us, Michael, in terms of of qualifications here to talk to you about venture capital, private equity, startups, et cetera, is that we have both cried in our pillows uh, at least once or twice in, in our- uh, In a given week. In a given week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes in a given week. So- I think that you guys will get a lot out of our experiences, but more importantly, it's going to be about how to not fail, right? And what we're really wanting to do with this particular podcast is is give you a roadmap of how to, after you have your aha moment, what do you do next? And what do you do after that? And after that, and at the same time, layering on this onion, the capital that you need in order to fund and finance your venture. So we're here to make sure that you get your financing, that you get your funding, but that you do it in the way that the venture community wants to see it. And, and I will tell you that there is a right way and a million wrong ways to to fund and grow your venture. And so what we don't want you to do is is take it, throw it on the wall and hope that it sticks. That's not how that's not how capital funds into companies. You have to have a map, you have to have a plan, you have to have a trajectory and that's really what we're bringing to you today is is why do startups fail? And the question is usually why do businesses fail? And I want to make the distinction here, and it's a slight distinction, but a big one, I think, in the sense that a startup is not a business. So when when they say why do startups fail, um, or why do businesses fail, they are different. And when they talk about businesses, a business is a repeatable, scalable, in-revenue model, whereas a startup is an idea plus friends, right? That's really it. You're, you're, you, haven't, you haven't built a revenue stream yet. You may have revenue projections, but you are in your aha moment, what comes next? And the idea here is to give you a roadmap so that you can get into the revenue generating part of having a business. And so our job, and Michael, maybe 
you can speak to this a little bit, is to get you out of the startup as quickly as possible. That's our job. We don't we don't want you to be lingering in the startup. If if you if you know a firm or maybe you have been in a startup for a couple of years, you're you're old. You know, you've got you and you're not in revenue, you've got problems. And and so our job again is to get you into revenue as quickly as possible so you have a business so you have a business again that is repeatable, scalable, and in revenue. Well said. And um, so I think it's important for people to hear a little bit about how you got here. You know what your journey was since this is the sort of first exposure, yeah, uh, on the podcast. And uh, I, I can also give a little bit of my background, but uh, I'd also frame up that the reason. A lot of your reasoning for doing this is that you've been a professor. People come to you with their ideas all the time. You can't work on everything. Um, you know, your heart in this is to teach, continue the legacy of teaching and helping people now fill these gaps where, you know, there are lots of good strategies. There are lots of good ideas. But then how do you monetize it? And you know, I've been in a lot of startups, mostly on the real estate services side. Mm-hmm or real estate investment side, but you go through the same cycle of creating your plan, having to have your strategy, figuring out who you need on your team, and then trying to go to market and seeing if you can get interest from investors to take risk on your uh, at a seed level on your idea and uh, on your team. And then how do you turn that into something that is scalable? And I think the hardest thing is uh, having a home run idea but being okay with first hitting singles and doubles to get some kind of uh, momentum going and yeah. traction and track record so that you can keep being having those at bats so you can get that home run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, my background is I don't, I don't have an illustrious pedigree. I, you know, I'm a poor Mexican kid from Tempe. Tempe, Arizona, and I'm lucky to be able to sit across from the Goldman Sachs of the world and the Credit Suisse and the Deutsche Banks and and whatnot and and negotiate in front of them today. But it didn't it didn't happen because I I uh, I had money. And so what I love about startups is most startups don't have any money, right? And so how do you get there? And so when I was 11 years old, I uh, I, I I'm ashamed to say this, but when I was 11 years old, I I remember raising my voice at my mother and telling her, you know, on Tuesdays we eat beans and tortillas, and on Wednesdays we eat tortillas and beans, and and she was like, well, you're gonna have to change it. So I ended up uh, I ended up asking her for, and she was a single single parent. Uh, I ended up asking her for a subscription to the wall street journal for my 12th birthday. Wow. And that was because I was watching all these sitcoms and shows. And the one thing that I, 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 I recognize is that why do all these wealthy people, it looks like they're reading some newspaper. And at the time it was the wall street journal. And, and I've since moved on to the financial times and I, I, I take a stab at the wall street journal every once in a while now, but 
I read that religiously every day, cover to cover. My mother had to save up for that money for for that subscription, and I uh, I covered to cover till I was eighteen, and then I started to, to branch out a little bit, and I knew I knew enough to be really dangerous, and but I was I was full of of excitement, and I had a couple of my own. Uh, just like everybody else, my, you know, I had a car washing detailing business in high school. Um, I, I really loved the entrepreneurial side of things. I didn't know what an entrepreneur really was. I, what I think I knew was more of what you would call the side hustle. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and hustle is the operative word in that. Right. And so a startup is just all about, it's all about hustle. And so, that's how, and then I, and then, you know, by the time I was 21, 22, I had, uh, I had, uh, left university and was now a junior, junior muscle at an investment banking firm. And that's how I cut my teeth. And so for the next nine years, um, I, I was in the investment banking world. And, uh, and then in 1999, the dot com bubble burst. And the next thing you know, uh, I was out there on my own and I thought, you know, I want to keep funding small businesses and I really love small businesses. And, and that is, uh, led me to where I am today. So yes, I'm also a professor at Arizona state university in the Ira Fulton schools of engineering. And I, so I get to teach what I practice mm. and there aren't many professors that, that risk their own capital, that have cried in their pillow, uh, as we talked about early, sometimes multiple times a week, and and have lost and made and have had to to build their own businesses right from the from the ground up. We call that bootstrapping, right? So so it's it's uh, it's an exciting place, and it can be done, but it needs to be done with a process. And that's if there's anything that the audience needs to take from this is that it's a process. And the reason why venture capital doesn't give you that process is because there's no real money in teaching for them. Right. And so when you get funded by a venture capitalist, they put you through, this is what you're going to do next. And, and the way a venture capitalist does it, not to digress too much is they tell you, this is what you're not going to do next. And so you end up going in this line and that's the process, and that's the process we're going to talk about. And that's the that's the process of how not to fail. So our philosophy here, and Michael, maybe you can add to this, is is instead of instead of failing faster or failing forward or uh, you know all the 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 things we talk about or you hear about with startups and failing, we we're somewhat contrarian to that and we like to talk about learning faster, uh, generating revenue, uh, quicker and, and just being smarter about, and, and that's, that's the idea here is to teach you how to be smarter about the process. Yeah. I, I think that those are good points. And, and I want to go back to some of your experience after this, but because you, you asked me to, I think, you, you know, you watch shows like Silicon Valley yeah. And there's this one joke where the investor 
talking about ROI and they're all like, oh yeah, return on investment. And he's like, no, radio on the internet. <laughs> and that's how, that's how he became a billionaire because yeah. he put the radio just like Mark Cuban. Uh-huh, and he uh-huh. was telling them, no, you don't want to get into revenue. Look at Amazon and all these guys. They just lose tons of money. <laughs> and that might've worked in the past Yes, when yeah. there was easy money and you could just throw money at problems. And that, that might work for a very small percentage of, of startups but the majority are only worth something if they're making something. And our philosophy now having kids and a family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, first of all, you don't want to take on more capital that you need. You want to be efficient with what you have and you want to create value. And if you are creating value, then that's something that people will pay for. And then you can grow it that way. And obviously you don't have to grow slower than you need to, but if you have a good plan, you can work the plan. And I think part of what the purpose of this is, is to share that plan with other people. And I would say in my experience coming out of a master's program and working for a private equity company that was investing in large scale projects that had operating businesses, we had to vet everything from our investment in in the, in the project, the project itself and the operating business and make sure everything aligned and that, we'd have to get into the weeds and pretty much co co-develop co-gp co-run everything so that we could ensure that three layers back our investors got their money and that they were protected yes, right. and i think what i learned from that was how to structure good investments what good businesses look like um and i was able to see hundreds of ways of doing it and so i think part of this is to distill some of that experience and to distill a lot of your experience on the investment banking side that you've had over all of these years into something so that people can, or, you know, sort of people, people talk about like our ceiling is the next person's floor. Yeah. You know, right. That, That's that, right. That we can consolidate all this experience where we've failed fast or, you know, maybe not made the right decisions or, uh, you, you know, looked at a bunch of, good things and spent time on something that maybe didn't work out, we can fill in some of those gaps so that people who are interested can see a clear path. We're trying to, you know, be a light, Mm -hmm. a light to their path. But I wanted to ask you, so you talked about getting into the wall street journal and then it led you to financial times. And then it put you on a path to investment banking, which is unusual. Even here in, in Arizona, it's not, um, it's not a big market yet for that. Um, so what I, what struck me about that is that you had a need in your family and it led you to search outside yourself to give you a, a larger frame of reference and kind of give you a, a level up. And then it pointed you in a direction of how can I work in a lucrative industry and also create value while, you know, other people your age might've been parting at school, you know, it gave you purpose too. So I don't know if you can talk to that a little bit about what was it that made you say, Hey, I'm 12 and, uh, you know, I need, I need something outside of me to give me a, a foot up to the next level. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll tell you that, you know, or just going back really quickly to the points that you made, you know, it's about dreams, right? And we're here to, to your dream 
is is what we're trying to help you achieve, right? In terms of a business or a nonprofit. And and what got me, I think, into that that family need is we had already been sacrificing, right? And so I think at uh, I, I think the silver lining of being a, in a, uh, not that I recommend this at all, I'm not trying to advocate it, but I think the silver lining of being in a, uh, in a family where you're, you're, you have a single parent is you, you learn to sacrifice. And I think I was, I think I was a little tired of surviving and I wanted to thrive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you usually don't, I don't think get into that. I want to thrive until you're, you know, you hit college, right. Or university or, or wherever, whatever it is until you hit 18 that then you're like, Oh, I got to get a job. Well, I wanted to stop surviving at 12. I wanted to start thriving. Right. And so that led me to, that led me into finance. And one thing I'm going to tell you is that, in Arizona, it, it Arizona Phoenix specifically. I mean, it's a real estate. It's a cow town, right? Everything's about real estate. And the Wall Street Journal, I, and I would have gotten into real estate if that's what the Wall Street Journal had talked about. But it was all about mergers and acquisitions, and the investment banking, and the you know all of the leverage and the debt and the financing, the the blowups and the trading and all the exciting things, right? That we that you, that you see on, on, in movies. And, and that's, uh, and it is the rat race of rat races though. Right. But there's a lot of thriving going on and that's what attracted me to, uh, to the investment banking world, if you will. And, and I just really didn't know any, any difference either, but I want to pause it one second and, and ask you, you know, how in, in, You'll get to know both of us, by the way, uh, the audience. You'll get to know both of us better as we go on. But um, Michael is an incredibly successful real estate uh, um, entrepreneur, if you will, funding, financing, owning, building, growing. And how did you get involved in in your ventures? Yeah, um, so... I came out of school in the um, Great Depression, whatever you want to call it. I graduated in 08, and I knew I wanted to do business. Um, Grew up in a family business, and um, for the first time in my life, um, wanted to to go after some of my dreams, And, and I knew that I wanted to do international business, and that was kind of... That was kind of, kind of all that I had. And I, I had a couple uh, ideas. Actually, I would have loved to add a roadmap like this, a hot exit, because i um, always been the creative type with um, with seeing gaps in the market. And, you know, you've met my dad now. He's always yes. kind of this. He's, he's actually very the same way and loves to uh, think through what could be. Like, I think our personality is where quick starts we can see a vision, um, sometimes maybe not best on executing or on some of the details, but that's why you have to, to build a good team. Um, but so I came out of school at a weird time, 
and and um, floated for a couple of years, traveled a bunch, wanted to see the world, wanted to see what opportunities were out there, landed on a real estate development program. And uh, I was looking at Thunderbird for a master's and, uh, and ended up doing a- Thunderbird master- School of Global Management. Where, where Aram's also a professor. And I, I've since got, got alumni status from doing some executive classes. Um, but ended up in a, in a real estate development master with a finance focus and- um, what excited me was the same as what you're talking about with the Wall Street Journal. A lot of the program in the first semester was about building single track homes in mm-hmm. the outskirts of town. And that was death to me, <laughs> right. even though there's been tons of wealth created there. And, you know, once you get a formula, like some of these industries, it is very formulaic, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but it's not dynamic. And if you're a dynamic person, you know, yeah. maybe – Maybe you you struggle fitting into that, and I felt uh, unsure of what I was doing in the program until uh, I went to a very large conference called Urban Land Institute's National Conference in D.C., and all the REITs and private equity groups from Wall Street rolled down. Oh, and I realized I want to be at that nexus of commercial real estate where Wall Street meets Main Street, mm-hmm. and that was exciting to me, and it gave me that sort of check in my spirit that I'm on the right path and, and it excited me. Um, and so from there I thought I want to start a fund. I want to manage private capital and put it into real estate and have real estate be a hedge because you have an asset. Um, but if you can do something like development, you can also get, um, pretty lucrative returns if, if you can manage your risk uh, and, and, and the rewards from it. So that was my idea coming out of the program. I learned the hard way that to do large-scale development, you have to have a huge balance sheet. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have a long track, track record. record. Yeah. Banks can be very difficult to work with. Um, but I, I, was, I was lucky to find a role um, with an entrepreneurial group. We raised a ton of money. And um, my job was to meet with developers who are like the CEO of their company, and I would restructure their plans so that our capital could come into a project and that it was a good deal for everybody and that you know our incentives were aligned, that we were, our capital was secure, but that we could also have some upside. And uh, it was very exciting. The pay wasn't great. I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. I sacrificed. That's it. You know, right. a, a short-term uh, gain and maybe some goals to to have long term knowledge and to have some foothold in in the industry and have just doubled down since then and and then I knew my dad has his own company I always liked the lifestyle of a solopreneur or you know an owner or a partner and so I've looked for opportunities where I could join with other guys that I respected that had other skill sets that we could come together and. Um, be partners in something and and grow it. So because of that, I've been a part of a bunch of different startups. Started a couple funds, uh, you know. Joined joined with some guys for a large development company for a few years, and then went into investments in a cross border fund. And you know, you know, I can unpack some of my other experience, but it's led me to um, being very selective of who I work with because partners, you know, we can we can do a whole nother one of things about finding the right partner and, uh, and what it's, what, 
what you need to to look for and how you need to structure partnerships and some of these things that I've sort of learned along the way. Um, but always, always enjoyed the thrill of creating something, uh, especially something that, you know, is a life source for people that, uh, is, is different and unique, um, that, that can follow a strategy that, um, that you can believe in. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, this is great. So, you know, that background dovetails, you know, with mine, and that's why the audience, I think, is is really going to want to take notes, right? We're going to throw out terms in these courses, and I look at these podcasts as courses. I, I just want you all to know that we have the, the structured material you have we have in this podcast, every podcast, and again, this is our intro, uh, but every subsequent podcast has a description of what we're going to be talking about and outcomes. And it's going to be some high level to really deep, deep dives. We're going to be getting into everything from the basic aha moment to leverage buyouts. And and how the mechanics of all of this work, and so that way you have a set of tools that all you have to do is listen to going forward. And the first course, uh, the first podcast, the uh, master class, I guess you could call it, that we're going to give subsequent to this is going to be on why startups fail. Right. So we want you to avoid those tripwires. And so without any further ado, uh, I appreciate you, the audience. And if you have questions or comments, we'll have links. And uh, now we're cooking with gas. And if somebody wants to uh, look you up, how can they find you online? And then how can they find a hot exit? We're going to have everything posted, uh, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, via email. Primarily, I don't want to necessarily give my cell phone number out, even though I probably would would only get a couple of calls uh, at this point, right? But uh, this is our first our first venture into this, and so we'll have everything posted. And what's the website for Aha to Exit? Aha to Exit dot com. A H A T O E X I T dot com. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back. We'll be back. That's all for today's show. If you enjoyed what you heard, check out our other episodes. You can also find me, Michael Zayas, or Aram Chavez on LinkedIn.com. Go to ahatoexit.com for more information about some of the topics we're talking on. And you can follow our company, BMC Capital Management or Blue Morphos at bluemorphos.com.